Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Greg and Adam back for another week, another NBA injury report. And there's nothing more important at this point of the season than the NBA injury report because it is chock full of players every day and starting to see some rest situations too, which we're going to be talking about with the Celtics and the Warriors. Also, new sponsor, Prize Picks. If you guys are signing up at Prize Picks for the first time, use the promo code Osmo, get up to a $100 bonus on your first deposit and get yourself one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Also, do us a favor, like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, about anything we talk about, if or when other players get ruled out. If you want to ask us a question, leave that in the comment section below. So, Adam, let's start with the players that are actually injured, and then we'll work our way to some of the rest situations later on. But starting with the Atlanta Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's been in out of the lineup recently. He's questionable. Same with Danilo Gallinari. He's been rested or you know banged up a little bit at this point in his career. Not exactly a model of perfect health. So Hawks have been cautious with him. Who benefits on the wing for Atlanta if neither Bogdanovich nor Gallo play? It, it solidifies minutes for Herter, for DeAndre Hunter. Um, we've seen uh, Luau Cavaro get some run, but that's typically not something that you're going to be too interested in from a DFS standpoint, especially on a slate like this where you have multiple teams just resting everybody. So I think the biggest beneficiaries, in addition to Trey Young getting even more production if Bogdanovich is out, is just the solidified playing time for guys like Herter and Hunter. Yeah, and then once again, there's going to be other spots on the slate that I assume are going to produce better value. So at least as of now, these guys wouldn't be massively high-priority plays, but still guys that would potentially be in our player pool should Gallo and Bogdanovich not play. Now let's go to another team that's been quite the headache for rest and tanking at the end of the season, the Indiana Pacers. They are currently without Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, Malcolm Brogdon out. I don't think Brogdon's going to play again this year. And then we also have Goga Batadze listed as questionable. Dwayne Washington is questionable. Is this going to be another slate with an eight-man Pacers rotation? And if it is, who are the top priorities? Yeah, I mean, at most they have 10 guys. If Goga and Washington are out, they're right back to eight. So basically, if both guys were in, I do think that pricing has adjusted enough where I don't love anything from this team. You could certainly play a 5,700 Batadze or, or you know $7,500 healed. But the real value is if these guys sit, in particular Batadze, because that would open up $5,900 Jalen Smith to potentially play 32 to 34 minutes. It also opens up Terry Taylor to play upper 20s at 4,200. We know he's a good point-per-minute guy when he's on the floor. And then if Washington's out i don't think it has as much of an impact you would get Kiefer slice in the rotation last game you got 20 minutes from lance stevenson but he has come up to 4300 and then you know if those guys are out too you can expect a lot of playing time for justin anderson but at 4700 i think you're getting to a price point on him that is kind of mediocre anyway yeah and justin anderson is somebody that i've played a good amount lately but that's in the reference of him being you know like min price on DraftKings. a little different now that you know the min salary is different on Fanduel, and he's been more expensive on Fanduel than DraftKings. just there's a big difference between 4700 and 3000 especially on a slate with this much value and like i said some of those top value spots we're going to be talking about here in a little bit when it comes to rest but first miami heat tyler hero is questionable pj tucker is questionable gabe vincent is questionable now, the key takeaway for me is if Tyler Hero doesn't play, we're going to get a pretty reasonably priced Jimmy Butler to just get expanded usage. And on a points-per-minute basis, 
He's been really good for fantasy over the last few games, especially in those games where Tyler Hero has been out. The Heat have just not played in competitive games that have limited his minutes some in, in, in a couple of these contests. But if Hero is not in, are you looking to get to Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I think it's a nice bump for Butler. It makes Lowry look a little bit better. And then one guy that I think might end up getting slept on that probably shouldn't is $5,600 Victor Oladipo. In Miami's last game, it was a blowout loss to Brooklyn. Oladipo only played like seven or eight minutes in the first half, but Miami ran him out there for the entire fourth quarter plus the end of the third quarter. So he ended up getting up to 25 minutes of action. If Hero's out, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that, that basically tells us that he's not really limited anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if you get like 26 minutes from Oladipo at 5,600, which on this slate still isn't going to be a priority, but it is something that maybe could, you know, kind of go a little bit overlooked by the field. Yeah, and then just a follow-up question on Oladipo. What do you expect from him in terms of how how good of a fantasy producer he is at this point in his career? Because he, he's clearly had a bunch of significant injuries. It's not that he's that old. His points per minute production hasn't been great. It is a small sample size. He's only played six games, 18 and a half minutes, 13 fantasy points per game. Are you putting any weight into that, or is it just more like, hey, look at the potential we have for upside in Victor Oladipo due to his previous form? I think it's more so the latter because like you're not going to him in cash games one way or the other. Um, so I think it's a situation where I I'm saying all of this, assuming he's low owned. If you get like a chalk Victor Oladipo on this slate, then yeah, cool. Have at it. Uh, if he breaks the slate, then I'll just win tomorrow. But um, assuming he's low owned, I'm thinking of it more in terms of like, yeah, he hasn't been very good this season, but he's also playing Sacramento. He's reasonably priced for the old Victor Oladipo. Like if you, if you take, you know, the previous version of Victor Oladipo and say, oh, he's going to play 26 minutes at 5,600 and low ownership against Sacramento. I'm perfectly fine gambling on that. So yeah, it adds a little bit of risk knowing that he hasn't been very good this year, but you're still thinking of it in terms more so of like, how much do I get paid if this goes right? Not what happens if it goes wrong, because a lot of stuff's going to go wrong every single day. Oh, there we go. My phone is going off because of one of those uh, national weather service uh, emergency alerts. By the way, there is not a single cloud in the sky. It is perfectly nice here. And they're giving me snowstorm warnings. We'll see. I, I hit. I just drove from my mom's back to my place in Baltimore and was hitting some snow on the way. Yeah. Oh, which well. is always well, what you want to see in late March. Zero clouds in the sky. So we'll see if, if that interruption of the show was worthwhile by the National Weather Service. Moving on to the Memphis Grizzlies at the Golden State Warriors. There's going to be news on both sides of this game. First for Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable. Brandon Clark is questionable. Killian Tilly's out. We know that John Moran is out probably for most of the rest of the regular season. But in the front court here for Memphis, if there is no Clark or Jaron Jackson Jr., where do you think the minutes go in the front court? And then also keep in mind, this is a much easier matchup than it typically would be against the Golden State Warriors because I don't think they're going to have most of their good players either. Yeah, uh, better matchup for sure. My assumption is that you would get Kyle Anderson starting in place of Jackson if both him and Clark are out, but you could potentially also get a lineup that has both Zaire Williams and John Conchar. So if Conchar starts you know, at 3,600, he's going to look like a pretty good value. If Anderson starts at 4,500, he's going to look like a good value, especially with uh, Morant being out because, you know, again, there is more usage to go around. If you take Morant out and you take out Jaron Jackson, you're talking about basically all of the usage going to Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks because Steven Adams isn't a high usage guy. Tyus Jones isn't a high usage guy. So that would mean that Kyle Anderson can step into a bit more usage as well, potentially. Yeah. And then, like I said, on the other side of this game, while players haven't officially been ruled out other than Steph Curry, who's out for at least another week or two and then potentially longer, tail end of a back to back. So, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Otto Porter, these are guys I do not anticipate playing today. We also have Andre Iguodala, who's officially listed as questionable. He hasn't played in a very, very long time. 
So I don't think he's all that likely to play today, but even if he does, it's not going to be impactful enough to really matter. It's likely going to be limited minutes. So as things currently stand for the Warriors, who's going to pick up the slack with most of their core players out? I expect it to be, I mean, Poole and Wiggins, obviously, taking on a lot of the, the workload usage-wise. Poole's at around 30% usage. Wiggins is at about 26% without Clay or Curry on the floor this year. But from a playing time standpoint, I think you see plenty of Jonathan Kaminga at 4,400. He's a 24 to 25% usage guy without them on the floor as well. Kevon Looney can get up to around 28 to 30 minutes, potentially, at 4,300. I think Gary Payton's likely to play upper 20s at 4,100. He's around a point-per-minute guy. So I think those are the, the main priorities. But then if you are looking to you know move beyond those guys you can still take shots at you know a $3,700 Nemanja Bielitsa who has power forward eligibility whereas Looney only has center eligibility you have a $3,500 Damian Lee 3k flat Moses Moody those guys are certainly a lot riskier to roster and a lot less appealing but uh, still have some very cheap price tags where if things break your way you're in a really good spot and the final spot like this is going to be the most important one which is why I saved it for last the Boston Celtics Robert Williams is out and definitely looks like he might not even play for the Celtics playoff run this year. In addition, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, all players are going to be resting today. Boston, not only have they been on a roll lately that's pushed them up the standings, I think we're also getting to a point in the East where people are like, hey, if we're one of the top seeds, we have to play the Nets in the first round. Let's maybe try to get to that four or three seed where we're playing, you know, the Cavs, the Raptors, the Bulls or something like that, because I don't think anybody really wants to play. And that's not this is the sole motivating factor for that. But I think it lets teams be a little bit more liberal with rest situations. With that in mind, though, who's going to carry the torch and really pick up the usage for Boston today? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, like <laughs> l- looking at the we, we don't have a lot of minutes without either one of Tatum or Brown on the floor this year, much less, you know, talking about Horford and, and Williams as well. Marcus Smart has played 97 minutes without them. He has a 25.7% usage rate and a 37.5% assist percentage. So you have seen him take on a bigger role. Peyton Pritchard has a 26% usage rate and a 42.3% assist percentage. I expect you'll see him play plenty of minutes. Derek White should, I think, end up being a really good value. He's only played 22 minutes without those guys, but we know what he's capable of doing when you know he's running the show. We saw plenty of it when he was in San Antonio without DeJounte Murray. So um, I, I would expect that you're looking at you know smart, White and Pritchard having the ball in their hands a lot. In the front court, you should get a lot of minutes for Grant Williams, a lot of minutes for Daniel Tice. I expect you'll get Luke Cornett in the rotation as well. But I think from a you know value standpoint and where you can go in DFS, Tice at 3,700 looks like a good value. 4,400 for Grant Williams is always a somewhat difficult sell. It is worth noting he actually leads this team in minutes played without Tatum or Brown, 257 total minutes, still only a 14.2% usage rate. So um, I think you know the minutes are there. He's certainly somebody that you can play at that price but i don't expect him to like suddenly be the offensive focal point i think you see smart step up i think you see pritchard i think you see Derek white do a lot and that is going to do it for us lots of players on enjoy probably more to come as well so like this video subscribe to the youtube channel check out live before lock check out the deeper dive which is also going to be adam and i doing it together uh, assuming i survive this fake sort this uh, <laughs> fake snowstorm that's apparently coming my way any questions at all guys leave them in the comment section below good luck tonight see you later